What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today on our third episode of our cyber extravaganza. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I feel like I add just add extravaganza to the end of every like special thing that we do and i'm like oh wow what a title <laughs> i mean groundbreaking it, <laughs> it works for me if it ain't broke don't fix it you know right. i think it works no you're right um so yeah we are we had to hit him hit him with the one two three punch because we figured if we covered Unfriended and Unfriended the Dark Web, then we needed to cover one of the more recent additions into the computer FaceTime horror slash um, found footage genre. Extravaganza. <laughs> Extravaganza, yes, yes. Way to wrap it all up for me at the end. I was really dying there. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, but first, and maybe most importantly, I am on my computer again, homies. I know, hey. I know some of you are worried. You're probably waiting with bated breath to know if, if I would ever be back at my desk. And don't you worry. I'm back. My computer is working. I'm whispering because I don't want her to hear me and start trying to act up. But she's working again, and we're back and better than ever. So Praise be. Praise <laughs> be. I know it was a lot for you. I know you've been through a lot. This is probably like a very vulnerable time for you. And I just love seeing you get a win with uh, this computer working. Thank so, you, you know. Thank you very much. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Uh, you know what? It's funny, too. It kind of actually like ties into the movies that we have been doing because I do feel like it kind of sh shows me how reliant I am on my computer. It really threw off a lot of the things I needed to do that I wasn't right. able to work on my computer, especially in, you know, the time that we're in technology is very very important and yeah so it's just i don't know it's just kind of a coincidence a funny coincidence that while we're doing these movies this happened and it kind of made me feel like the people in the movie because i was like dang i really want to be on my computer right now and life would be easier <laughs> if i was on my computer right now um so i felt for them the only difference is I didn't get yeeted by a paranormal entity. <laughs> so that was great. I really appreciated That's that. That's a plus. Always a plus. But I did, I was like, oh, man, I yearn for my computer. I yearn for the keys of my board. Um, <laughs> it's, it's so it's so crazy. My computer goes on at least once per day, mm -hmm. every single day. And if I didn't have it, I think I would be like a drug addict, like missing <laughs> their drug of choice. Oh, you'd be going through like withdrawals. You yes, I'd be going through withdrawals. I'm like, I just need, I just need to hear the click clack of those oh keys my God. one more time. I man. just need to hear it boot up, just one more, and I'm, I'm gonna promise you, I'm done. Yeah, it's it's rough out. It's hard out here <laughs> for a for a pimp sometimes. Um, but this movie we're talking about, host 
which mm-hmm. came out um, last year, 2020. And we're taking a we're taking a turn back to the paranormal for this one. Uh, so yes. because obviously the last one we spoke about was the dark web. So they were people. Um, but we're going back to the spirit world for host. And it's interesting. So I was having a discussion on Instagram with Sergio from the Horror Bandwagon podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, hello, Sergio. <laughs> but we were talking about how, and I think I mentioned this in the episode as well, how even though like the first Unfriended and also this movie deal with paranormal, for some reason, this is like more believable to us than dealing with the dark web. And I was trying to figure out why that is. Because I am, my knowledge of computers is very, very limited. I am not well versed in technology. Give me a model of something that will get the most basic job done, and that's all I need. I, like when people try to describe all the extra jazz to me, I'm like, ah, eh, that's fine. But can it send an email? That's what I need to know. <laughs> and that's as- how you know you're not computer verse when you refer to it as the jazz. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The code, the binary. (laughs) They tell me these things. I can't understand. Um, And yeah, so I don't know very much about it. And I think that that's why the, the dark web worked for me, because if I see hacking in a movie and they're like, oh, press, you know, control alt delete and then now they have like the schematics to all of the nuclear weapons in the world (laughs) that it's fine for me. Like I can accept that as truth. Um, yeah, that tracks. That tracks. Yeah, I'm like that. Actually, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like, yeah, that's working for me for sure. So that kind of stuff is okay for me. But still, you know, people are people, and I have a hard time seeing them as like as godlike and be able being able to do all of these things and being like omnipresent but then Mm -hmm. when you get into paranormal like this movie is i think i'm a little bit more inclined to suspend my disbelief because as soon as you introduce a paranormal aspect i just accept that anything can happen and that like the antagonist now has the ability to do absolutely anything. And because it's not of our world, I don't question anything. Right, right, right. I feel that. I actually feel that. So I was excited. I I was excited to get back into this or to get into this movie and get back into the idea of the villain being not of this world. Yeah. And it'll be fun to like kind of go over the differences between these movies too, because it's all... You know, that's all internet found footage, right? That's what we're right. dealing with here. Mm-hmm. But each one of these movies has their own little nuance. And even though we're taking a look at host today, I think it'll be fun to kind of like talk about what worked in each of these and like which one maybe we think is the uh, creme de la creme of the uh, internet found footage. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's so funny that you said creme de la creme. Have you ever seen the Aristocats? Oh, of course. Uh, Creme de la creme a la Edgar? Is that what it's called? (laughs) (laughs) We'll see which one is that one, if you know what I mean. Because if you watch that movie, you know that looked, even though that was probably just milk. Right. It looked 
Oh, bon appetit. My compliments to the chef. It was the presentation. The presentation is what sold it. The way they were lapping up that milk. (laughs) Oh, my God. I've I've never wanted to drink milk so bad. (laughs) I mean... All right, all right. We're veering off course here. We're veering off course. Let's sorry, sorry. Yeah, hit us with the plot. All right, all right, homies. As always, we're entering spoiler territory now, so you have been warned. But we are talking about Host from 2020, directed by Rob Savage, uh, written by Rob Savage as well, along with Gemma Hurley and Jed Shepard, and starring, funny enough, um, Haley Bishop, Gemma Moore, Emma Louise Webb, Redina Drendova, Caroline Ward, Teddy Leonard, and Salen Baxter. In the wake of the COVID-19 crisis, a group of friends, Haley, Gemma, Emma, Redina, Caroline, and Teddy have started hosting weekly Zoom calls to stay in touch. During their most recent call, Haley thought it would be fun to hire a medium named Salen to guide the group through an online seance. During the activities, Gemma decides to have a bit of fun and lies about connecting with a fictional spirit named Jack. Soon thereafter, Salen's connection dies out and the group begins experiencing real paranormal activity. When Haley is able to reconnect with Salen, she informs her about what happened. Unfortunately for them, Salen reveals that Gemma may have conjured a demon who has now adopted the persona of Jack, and Jack is pissed. Insert messy addicts, Polaroids, and wasted flour here. Our film ends with Jack using his newfound form to terrorize the group one by one. Also, Redina, I think you left the oven on. Roll credits. All right, so let's talk about the origin of this movie, kind of the Mm -hmm, idea mm -hmm. from whence this came. Because you sent me the video of the director playing a prank on his friends who also happen to all be the ones involved in this movie. Like he's friends with all the actors that are in this movie are his friends and they were on a Zoom call. Mm -hmm. And he basically, (laughs) basically he's on the Zoom call with them. And he says that he has heard something up in his attic and he takes them along to go check and see what's up there. And he's like panning the phone around. And how did he do that? He like does a jump scare of this person like jumps out at him and Mm -hmm. he like and nobody knew it was happening, obviously. So everybody else's reactions are authentic and he falls off the ladder and acts like he has fallen unconscious. I would very much like to know how he did the <laughs> the jump so, scare. Well, he so based on what I saw, um, apparently he found a way to play pre-recorded footage live during a Zoom call with a little bit of you know 
smoke and mirrors behind the scenes magic so i guess he had filmed the jump scare bit ahead of time and had planned to just add it in um during their zoom conversation and scare all of his friends which (laughs) one of them did not give a fuck but you know what (laughs) i bet you that one he's it's probably not the first time he's done something like that and they know he's Mm -hmm. a filmmaker so i bet you he probably knew it was fake yeah so (laughs) the so rob savage the director um he made a little like two minute snippet of the zoom call from which this prank came from and then he posted it on twitter which it then went viral and was essentially the catalyst that got that got this movie made which is kind of cool I think. And personally, when we when we had first started COVID, I was waiting for it, right? I was like, someone is going to make a COVID-related horror movie. It's going to happen, and it'll probably be in regards to, like, it, either it'll be a movie, like, through Zoom or something like that, or it'll be something Zoom-related. Like, I knew someone was going to do it. Um, I wish it was me. You know, <laughs> I wish I had gotten off my ass and actually written and done something. However, um, we got host. The reason that I brought up the, the whole prank thing is because mm-hmm. I guess that is how they filmed a lot of this movie, is they basically had, like, a 10-page outline mm-hmm. of beats that the characters needed to hit. And a lot of it was improv. And then he pulled that same trick. So um, a lot of the times the other actors, only the person who was playing a specific character kind of knew the fate of that character. So Uh. they would pre-record all of the moments of the, you know, the paranormal things happening with that character. They would pre-record it. And then when it was time to happen, they would play it so that the other actors could react in real time because they didn't know the, you know, what, what was, was actually going to happen mm-hmm. so that's why i brought it up because i thought that that was very smart and i think that it is a huge benefit of this film is that not only you know are they allowed to improv and are they allowed to react organically but also all of these people are already friends so right. and which i think is one of the strongest points of this movie is that I honestly do believe that they are friends and the reactions that they have to things feels very authentic and felt incredibly real to me. Mm -hmm. And I watched this movie on my phone and I felt like I was on the Zoom call with them. Yeah, I was I was gonna say I watched this. I specifically actually watched this one on my computer because I think one either Unfriended or the sequel, one of them I talked about how like if I I felt like if I watched this on a computer screen, it would really um, put me a little bit more into the mood. Mm-hmm. And so I did for this one. Like I, I pulled it, I pulled it up on my computer, made it full screen so it looked like I was in the Zoom call too. And like I, I give it to him. Like it looked very, it was very, very convincing. And not to shy too far away from the fact that this is a movie that did get made during the COVID pandemic, which is a really honestly a pretty big testament to the film right. that they actually got this made. Yes. Um and I think I think in one of the previous episodes I erroneously stated that 
this may have been filmed before COVID, which the egg is on my face because heck no, was this filmed before COVID? Unless <laughs> Raven Baxter was involved, they had no way of knowing and they did not start filming this until COVID was already underway. And they also had to film under lockdown restrictions. So yeah, that was just because another this is obstacle a, for them to deal with. Yeah, because this is a this is a British horror movie too. So like they had mm-hmm. different and much more strict lockdown than I think we had here in the States. For sure. Mm-hmm. So that kind of just adds to the layer of difficulty that I'm sure this um, whole cast and crew uh, had to deal with in making this film. But it does seem, this this movie seems like a labor of love, and I think it definitely comes across that way. The director, Rob Savage, mentions all the time that everyone that worked on this movie is a friend. I think you mentioned that too. It's like everybody kind of knows each other from the actors to the people in uh, post-production to even the stunt coordinators. Like this is all, these are all people that Rob knew personally. And I think that really, I, I like projects like that. I like projects that are like are a bunch of friends that really want to get something done. Like they want to make something and they band together with their different skill sets to make it work. I always think that's really cool. And I'm, um, I was actually very excited that this movie is a film of that, you know, of that genre. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think it really shows that everybody had a good time probably had a really good time working together and Mm -hmm. this movie homies is only 56 minutes long it is a short one and though on purpose though as we Mm -hmm. and when we get more a little bit more into the plot like we'll talk about why but i think it was actually like a choice i loved that i mean and not and not because i'm like oh thank god it was short more so i don't think there's a need to pad on runtime to movies just to make them the expected allotted feature film length if you feel like you've told a story that in you know in a certain amount of time if you feel like you've said everything you need to say and hit all the beats you need to hit end it please don't add in Mm -hmm. like don't add in more (laughs) things because sometimes that can be the thing that drags the movie down and i think that this movie was the perfect length for what the story was and what was told i think that the length was great and the tension that was able to be built within 56 minutes and then released uh Look, I it's been a while since I've watched a movie that has made me, I think, as tense and moments as this movie has. Because although the jump scare is obviously the part that everybody is looking for in a horror movie, for me, a lot of times I'm looking for the um like the pins and needles feeling. That moment mm-hmm. leading up to a jump scare where you are just sweating you're waiting for it to happen and you're stressed out that moment i think is just as important to the jump scare and this movie i think had some very successful pins and needles moments that really got me oh yes that that sweet sweet feeling of terror oh that sweet sweet sweat from terror (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> is uh is very palp- uh, palpable. Is that the word? Yeah, mm-hmm. palpable in this movie. And so kind of going into it, mm-hmm. the the essential the, the plot's very simple for this film. Um this group of friends are in a Zoom call and they are having an online seance 
and it goes very badly. And it's funny because like the plot is so simple and I'm glad that they kept it simple. I think at the beginning of the movie, I was like, um, it's weird because like I feel like I flip flop halfway through at the beginning of the movie. I was like, oh, is, is this just it? Like that's that's all we're getting in terms of like the catalyst for this. And then the movie's like, yeah. That's all you that's all you need, because then it explores how bad that can get. And I was all the way here for it. Um, I I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. Dude, I freaking loved this movie. I liked it so much more than I was expecting it to, because here's the thing. When this movie first came out, all I heard was hype about it. Mm -hmm which can be a good thing or a bad thing. Sometimes I hear hype about a movie and my expectations soar so high, the movie can, can't can even see my expectations anymore. And it just falls short because I've allowed the hype to like create, you know, this feeling in my head that is probably unfair for me to go in feeling that way. Or, you know, people hype things up and, and it turns out to be accurate. I'm really, really happy. I think that this movie for me, the hype was accurate. Like I... I'm surprised that it took me so long to watch it. I mean, I'm glad it did because now we both watched it and were able to talk about it, you know, like our first watch here together. But, mm-hmm. oh, also, this is a Shudder original. I don't know if we mentioned that, but if you want to watch this movie, you have to have Shudder, um, which I guess is another reason that I didn't watch it because at the time I didn't have shutter yeah that's true um i do think you can now watch it on amazon prime but you have to you have to pay yeah you have to pay for it so if you want to if you want to watch it on that free free um you gotta you gotta hit up on shutter as well just get shutter um you can use our code insert code here when we get our sponsorship shutter back and edit this (laughs) where you at shutter come on now but we out here selling your shit truly truly even though everybody's already watched this movie but us (laughs) right shutter's like uh y'all are a year late what are you talking about (laughs) yeah you're right um so if nothing else (laughs) this movie is an anti or it's a warning against doing Things that involve spirits, doing seances, doing Ouija boards, doing ghost hunting. Y'all, don't do that with friends that don't believe. Don't do it with people that don't take it seriously. Like, if nothing else, this is a warning that advises against that. Because, oh my god, how things would have been different if, if, if like, <laughs> everybody took it seriously. Because that's the big catalyst for this movie, right? Is Haley is hosting, like, her friend's night and she is in charge of the activity and she decides that they should do a seance which she obviously is very very into Mm -hmm. and her friends are not nearly even half as interested in this as her some of them are scared but most of them don't believe and so it kind of sets up this situation where they already go in being disrespectful and y'all just don't do it if people don't believe just be like yeah you're right okay I'm going to go, we don't have to do this. Like, don't don't force people to do these things because even if they don't believe, if you believe, that's all that matters. And like, right. you could be, you don't, you could have one of these situations. All your friends could be dead because you wanted to, you wanted to call the spirits and they didn't. You know, it's one of those things where like at the beginning, I side-eyed this plot, mostly for the fact that this group really jumped onto zoom to do a goddamn seance i don't know if it's just the horror movie watcher or the black man in me that was just 
very um, confused at this evening's festivities. A little bit of both, probably. (laughs) It's an equal amount of both. (laughs) I'm like, the audacity of y'all to be doing a seance. But honestly, then I thought back in quarantine, I feel like we all hit some levels of quarantine boredom where a lot of things probably sounded more interesting during that time than they would have at other times. So I think if you found people at the right time of quarantine were like, I don't know, you want to spice it up this week and do a seance? You, you, you might be able to yeah, find a group out there I, that's like, you know what, I'm I down. I think so, especially because if you were a person that was really into a certain excuse me like if you're really into a certain thing because it seems like the way that it's presented in the movie uh Salen who is the one that kind of leads them through the seance she's a friend of Haley's so it seems like this is something that Haley is very into because she even mentions that she's done it multiple times so I could believe that if you were a person that was very interested in a hobby and you've been doing that very often and then you know, lockdown hits and you're no longer able to go out and do that, it would be very enticing to be like, oh, but we have all this technology now, like how maybe we could try and do it this way so that we don't have to stop doing it. You know what I mean? Like I could be persuaded to say for her that she might be inclined to be like, yeah, like let's give it a shot over Zoom. Why not? Like I want to do this. I like doing seances. I don't think she should have invited her friends. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not for the first outing too. And like, I think Salen says during the film too, that she hasn't done Mm -hmm. this via the internet before Mm -hmm. yeah um so yeah you probably should have done like a tester run (laughs) yeah uh Haley, before before inviting the whole crew to do this but i mean we i feel like we can't put too much of the fault on Haley though because i don't i put it on Gemma. homegirl Gemma. i put it on Gemma. all of it for sure (laughs) yeah Gemma girl you you know you know you wrong for that like you know you wrong for that from the get because like she's the one so Gemma's the one that really causes shit to go down because she's not a huge believer in the things that are happening and you know she wants to have a little bit of fun so she does this little bit where she says she's been connected by a spirit the name Jack's come to okay that's good do you know anyone called Jack who's passed yeah A kid from school. He was really nice to me one time I cracked my head open. And he like picked me up. He hanged himself. And then turns out after we lose connection with Salen, she like reveals everybody like, ah, I got y'all, right? Y'all thought that was funny. That was funny. And then it stopped being funny when (laughs) Salen came back and was like, yeah, you're supposed to respect the spirits because if you make a fake spirit, then a demon or a dark demonic spirit can then take this thing you've created and use that to actually contact you. Yeah, which is because, yeah, Salen's very, she's very, you know, clear with the rules when they start. And she says, you know, each of them were supposed to bring a token that like meant something to them. And they were specifically supposed to be thinking of a real person. And Gemma wants to be on her like, you know, 
Abbott and Costello bullshit and try and play a joke, which I was <laughs> like, that is the craziest thing. The way that because she, she makes up this bonkers, like elaborate tale about this child who she used to know who hung himself hanged himself yeah it's a very morbid like and she's prank she, that yeah, she pulls she's crying i'm like okay uh acting she's an actress i guess like she she's very she sells it very very well so obviously everybody believes her but i think the thing that's interesting is before Gemma pulls like says that she because salen is asking if anybody's feeling anything and then Gemma kind of pulls that story out because she says that she feels something on her neck um but mm -hmm. before she did that Haley mentioned that she felt something touch her shoulder but then before she can really do anything or elaborate on that Gemma pops up with her story so part mm -hmm. of me kind of wonders if they actually did pull a spirit like if if Haley was actually making a connection but because of what Gemma did that connection got severed or it got flipped around into something evil because either that or Haley was just saying that because she felt uncomfortable because nobody else was speaking up, which is also a possibility. Mm -hmm. But I just thought it was interesting that she said she felt something on her shoulder. And then before she could do anything with that, Gemma, and it's obviously from the movie, they do, they did actually make a connection to the spirit world. So I wouldn't be surprised if she had pulled a spirit. Maybe. And then Gemma, maybe. Gemma did the quick little uh, switcheroo. Yeah, the quick little lie. And the spirit said, all right, well, I guess I'm going to fucking leave then and <laughs> this jack my, guy deal can with come. my cousin <laughs> deal with my cousin jack all right yeah. you don't want to hang out with me all right He's cool like, cool oh, hey jack yeah, i'm not i'm not good enough you want an old boy jack that's fine he can come he can come i'll leave i'll <laughs> excuse myself so i don't know maybe but that might be a reach from me but i don't know i just thought it was interesting that she said that <laughs> I, yeah i agree and i think the movie does a good job of kind of like pulling you into like the rules and whatnot of like how this would work because like i personally don't know much about seances or any of that stuff like i don't know if you did but i never played with ouija boards or anything no, growing up no. mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> so i've never been i've never been in the situation right where like you're you're trying to contact the paranormal and then the things that may or may not happen during those moments i've never witnessed them myself however it was very believable believable for me in this film that it would go kind of similarly to what Haley I think was going for both Haley and Salen I like and the rules that Salen gives for how a seance works I bought it I, like again I don't know if these are like the actual rules but for the sake of this universe like I was here for yeah. it yeah well I do know it's very very important it is very important to respect them and to ask questions and i know the most important thing is that you always want to like end it like you always want to say goodbye and end it like you're never mm -hmm. supposed to just be like okay fuck it and like leave in the middle of it you have to like close the door um yeah. which is another thing that they never get to do properly um yeah. because obviously because of what is happening salen or because of the circumstances they're on an internet connection and salen drops out of the zoom call and so they don't end it like they they just kind of are all like oh let's try and get salen back on but they can't and i so first of all i love all of these characters i i 
think all of them are very well fleshed out and all of them are believable. And I really, really appreciated the whole thing with Haley and Gemma. I think it's very, very obvious that like they probably wouldn't be friends if it wasn't for their friend group and that the two of them just are they don't have the same kind of a personality like Mm -hmm. Gemma's personality is too much for Haley it obviously irritates her and then Gemma thinks that Haley is a stick in the mud basically and doesn't have any fun so I did really like their dynamic and I loved that like the tension between them is the first thing that really ramps up and then that is what causes that first like jump scare I Mm -hmm. thought that that was cool, how it came, how you're so focused on the two of them fighting and you're like, oh, shit, this is really awkward. And then all of a sudden, like, Haley gets dragged across her, across her (laughs) kitchen. I wasn't expecting that. I liked that a lot. That was a big pro for me for a lot of this movie is the uh, really the production. And I know um, based on a couple interviews that the director was really and the people involved were really they really wanted to leave everybody wondering how did they do that like that was that was a big thing for them is like they wanted they wanted to make a movie with genuine scares and have the audience really questioning like how they were able to pull that off and i found myself doing that for a majority of this movie because all of their all of their scares for the most part are covered very well like i can't even with like a little bit of film knowledge like i can't tell how they did like most of these stunts and i thought that was that's pretty Mm -hmm. impressive for something that takes place completely on a zoom call you know what i mean yeah i agree i really liked all of the stunts i was just so interested every single time something would happen i was so interested in seeing how they would like ramp that up the next time and Mm -hmm. i think one of my favorite sequences i have well i have two but my favorite sequence out of all of them is probably emma's i oh emma goes through some shit goes through it oh my gosh i said what did she do to them (laughs) how come emma had to go through so much and Gemma? nothing happened at Gemma's house but emma was absolutely being like (laughs) through the fucking obstacle course well uh i was gonna actually say like emma emma and um caroline poor caroline caroline they go through it for sure I, I fell for Caroline. And like yeah. honestly, the the weird thing with this thing or with this movie is I really believe the fr- the friend group. They seemed very realistic and the dynamic seemed very true to life. And so the situation felt very real, mm-hmm. right? For some reason, though, I had a hard time building an emotional connection to most of the characters. And that could be related to the length of the movie. It could just be like not having a, enough time with a majority of them. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but uh, Caroline, on the other hand, was the one character that I really, really felt for. She because was so precious and she was so scared. Like Caroline was so scared from the beginning. <laughs> from the beginning, she's like, I don't really want to do this. I'm nervous. And like she, I don't know, maybe she just felt the most pure um, out of the group. Like she had the least skeletons in her closet, but she got did so dirty. No, I agree (laughs) with you. I do agree. For some reason, she definitely felt the most innocent. 
to me. Um, and I don't know if it's because she was so scared. I, you know what? I think it's the way that we kind of met her. It's like, you know, we meet her and she's, she's staying with her dad. You know, she's in lockdown with her dad and she's just kind of like, you know, hanging out and she's really sweet and she's scared from the beginning. And I think I related to Caroline the most because I feel like she would be how I would be in this situation, i.e. immediately burst into tears and like mm-hmm. be like, fix it. Like just be like, oh my God, <laughs> I don't know. You know, like kind of do whatever somebody told me to do because like she's like, you know, Haley, fix this and kind of listens to her. Um, so maybe that's why I related to her. Um, I think that she, I probably felt the most for her and then, but I did also really like Emma. I thought that she was a cool character and I, especially as the movie went on, oh my God, I felt really, really bad for her because not only does she get terrorized for a long time, but then there's a point where she kind of loses everybody. Like two of her friends are dead, so they're no longer on the call. Haley is kind of unknown. They don't know where she's at. And so it's just her and Gemma on at one point, but then Gemma decides that she's going to go over to Haley's house. And when she leaves her house, she loses connection. And I was like, that would be really, really scary to be the the last last one one on there. And then Teddy gets back on the call because he had left earlier. And then she just watches him die. And then she dies. Like, I just feel like her whole situation was horrifying. (laughs) And, like, I don't even know what I would do if I was her. She was just hiding under her covers. And to be honest with you, I don't... That probably what I would have done because... Yeah, I feel like that's most of us, right? There's no way to leave. What else are you going to do? you can't leave. Like, they... And I do appreciate that in this movie. They show that you cannot leave because Radina tries to run through her door and gets yanked by her <laughs> by her neck all the way back and dies as soon as she tries to leave so it's like there's nothing you can do um at this point yeah and that and that's a big pro of the movie too is also is another like testament to why it was so good that they kept the movie short though mm-hmm. is once the tension builds up and people start dying and stuff starts going it doesn't stop like it is non-stop from the moment it starts all the way through to the end of the movie and it just leaves you feeling so tense because you're just like all right who's next like who who Who's the next one who's going to go? Is it going to be more brutal than the last one? Because there are some brutal, brutal sequences. Um, Again, looking at you, Caroline, RIP. Homegirl got wrecked. Yeah, she got just destroyed. (laughs) The ghost is like, I I got some things I need to work out. Uh, I'm just going to use you really quick. And the thing about it, too, that I think was really good with Caroline's death is... I, we've seen a variation of this death in almost every movie we've watched prior, Unfriended and Unfriended the Dark Web. We've seen kind of, some kind of variation of like somebody's head being smashed, you know, like somebody hitting the camera and then yeah. falling down and they're dead. Uh, Caroline doesn't, she, her head gets banged into the computer multiple times. And it's not like a one hit and she's done. Like the ghost goes for it. And through it, throughout the whole thing, she's like conscious and she's asking for help. 
and obviously nobody can help her. Um, so yeah, it's very, very unfortunate. I think that her death and Teddy's death are Teddy, very, very... Teddy got... Teddy didn't know Teddy what the fuck fucked. was going on. The boy wasn't even on the call. Oh, my God. Teddy came back on making jokes. He had his whole right. stand-up routine prepared, and... <laughs> he, Teddy was not ready. He was not oh, ready no. in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> and Jack Jack held nothing back with Teddy. He's like, oh, you missed everything else? All right, bet. Let me catch you up to speed, Teddy. Oh my god. Could you imagine being Teddy getting off of the call and then getting back on thinking you're about to like laugh with your friends about the experience they just had and all of a sudden like your girlfriend is throat slammed up into the air. <laughs> People are popping out of corners in the dark. You you hear that music box. I knew as soon as he pulled that music yeah. box out, I was like, that's yep, gonna come back. I knew. Like I was waiting for it though. And then they did the great bait and switch with it too, because I was like they presented the 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 writing in this movie, even though like I know the script was like I think they did the script in like two weeks, right? I think the writing and the plot points that they hit throughout the movie were really good mm -hmm. because like with Teddy, they present this music box thing because that's his um token. what do they call it again? His token. Mm -hmm. Um, and he talks about the story behind it and why it's so creepy to him. So immediately, immediately, we all know that at some point this music box is gonna play for Teddy. Like we all know it. But then 10 minutes into the seance, Teddy leaves the call and you're like, wait a minute, what? The one, the one very clear bit of foreshadowing that we get, the movie's like, nah, actually he's gone. And you're like, oh, okay. But then they bring him back. And we still see that for, uh, foreshadowing uh, come to fruition. And you're like, you sons of bitches. Mm -hmm. Y'all got me. Mm -hmm. They they did do a really good job with that. And another pro I will give to this film is that this film is a lot more portable than the other ones in the sense that they walk around a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think because it's on Zoom, like they could be on their phone. They could be on their computer. We don't really know. Um, so yeah, so they're like a lot more because Caroline for she is on her phone for sure because there's one point where she puts it on like a selfie stick. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so but I think that's good because we're able to follow them around a lot more and it's not so stationary which ups that tension I was talking about because there are a lot of moments where it really does turn into a found footage movie and the sense of we're seeing what they're seeing through their camera we're not just looking at them like we're seeing through their camera um yeah. and I I really liked that and I and I saw some people who um were like there in their reviews they were saying that they didn't really buy that people would, you know, be continually carrying their camera or their laptop with them. But I think if I was in a situation like this, I would carry my friends with me anywhere I, because I wouldn't want to be alone. And like, yeah. despite the fact that they're not really there with me, they're coming with me. Like, I'm going to need some moral support. I am not going and checking things out 
on my own. So absolutely not. Yeah, no I way. Would carry, are you? I don't care if it was a freaking Adele, those like big old monitor computers. <laughs> Even if it was that, I would pick that sucker up. And my friends are coming with me. If I was on my desktop. I'm slapping that right underneath my arm, and we are going yeah. on this journey together. Yeah, they're coming with me. I'm strapping that on my back because yeah. I'm not walking by myself. No, no, no. I think out of all the uh, internet found footage that we watched, this one to me was easily the most like believable in terms of the the realism of the situation and the reasoning for walking and continuing to film because when you do found footage that is a thing um a lot of times in found footage scenarios you're like why you have to you have to add in a reason for the people to continually keep filming stuff right mm -hmm. and for this one it's just like they are stuck in this situation and if you know you're in danger you probably feel a little bit less scared if you got your friends with you so i think it makes a lot of sense that mm -hmm. they would continue to carry um the quote-unquote camera throughout the course of the movie but uh I mean, we talked a lot about stuff that we like is there anything that you didn't like about this film was there any cons for you oh, or were you kind of just i don't know i really i'm like hard pressed to find a con um mm -hmm. the only the only part that i didn't really it's not even that i didn't like it i just thought it was like really cheesy <laughs> was the bit with teddy and his girlfriend where mm -hmm. she like came over and she like laughed and blew out his candle and they were like ah! and then they like caught off of the zoom call <laughs> it was just it just was like silly but mm -hmm. uh that's not even really a con it was just that's uh, if i if i'm like searching for something i didn't like that scene mm -hmm could have been better for me i don't mind that he got off the call i just thought it was kind of like cheesy the way that he got off um that's fair but, uh, i don't know i really really liked this movie i'm like having a really hard time thinking of something that i didn't like but do you have I feel do it. you have any um not like nothing huge i think honestly sam we're like i really enjoyed this film I've been like kind of sitting with the ending a little bit right. and like how I feel about it because like in the end we still get that like ending jump scare that um, kind of same thing from Unfriended 1 where we finally see the ghost at the end and it like jumps out of the camera and that's like the end of the movie right and the the reason why this version of it wasn't as egregious to me as Unfriended 1 is the lead up to it is so good because like we talked about at the beginning of this episode this movie is 56 minutes long and the reason for that is if you've ever been on zoom and had a zoom call if you're not using the premium zoom or whatever it is like the the pay for zoom version of it you're limited to just an hour so at some point you're going to have to end the call and restart the call if you don't have the paid version so as things are, so this group does not have the paid version. So as things are getting more and more intense, periodically we're getting messages from Zoom letting us know that there's only 10 minutes left of the Zoom call or you're on your last minute of the Zoom call. And so in the last minute, we at this point have um, Haley and Gemma mm -hmm. at Haley's apartment. Gemma's found Haley like hiding underneath a desk or something like that. 
and they're trying to make their way out of the house but jack has knocked all the lights out so they can't see and Haley has this polaroid that we've seen throughout the course of the movie and she's using it to like take little flash pictures to kind of guide them out of the building and the whole time this is going on like you know jack's there and when you're looking at the screen you can also see the timer on zoom going down and it's just counting down from a minute all the way down to one and it's so funny because like you know what's going to happen Mm -hmm. when it hits zero like we all know what's going to happen but the way that they shot it and the just the performance in that bit was so good that like i didn't care because it was just so tense it was so so tense um so super super clever and i love that they did that i love that they incorporated the actual program that they're using into the plot Mm -hmm. i think that was a little that was a little attention to detail that went a very it went a really long way for this film the only my only issue though like going to the actual con part is we do still get the like the ghost jump scare at the end right and I don't know how you fix that. And I don't know if you have an idea of how to fix this because like, it's just, it's this cliche that is almost like, it's like a one out of three, right? It will always end this way. And I'm trying to think of like, how else could they have That's ended the it? thing. Cause I also was thinking of that and I was trying to debate if I thought that was a con or not. But the only other way that I could have thought of them ending it is if the timer had run out. And we didn't know what happened. But mm-hmm. I feel like that would have been a frustrating because like, yeah. obviously, we want to know if Haley, it can be deduced that they probably won't survive, but it would be nice to know exactly what happened. Um, so, uh, dude, I don't know. It's really hard because like the only other thing I could think of that they could have ended it, which is also a cliche, is for like them to scream and then the like camera to fall down but that is also a cliche like i don't know what would have been an ending that would have felt different for me and i guess in this movie um i didn't mind it because i even though i knew it was coming i accepted it and i and i did because the entire countdown element was so good to me that um i didn't mind that that jump scare yeah. was coming um as much as i did in the original unfriended that was a whole nother story uh you can listen to the episode to hear how i felt about that but yeah i don't i i honestly i i don't know how else they could have ended it yeah. that would have been satisfying for me yeah it's like i bring it up as a potential con because it is a cliche but this movie does it very very well mm-hmm. And, you know, cliches are cliches because they're built on something good. So I think if you navigate it well, um, it's it's forgivable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Off the top of my head, I think an ending and maybe I would have been okay with is instead of it like jumping out at them, like maybe we get one last camera flash where we see like just Jack just like standing at the end of the hallway Mm. or something Mm -hmm. like that instead of like the like lunge at the camera. Because, like, as she's clicking the pictures, I don't think we really get to see Jack unless he's there. And, like, I just missed, I missed it in my no, watch. No, I don't think, I don't think they saw him, that you could see him until then. 
Right, right. So maybe, maybe if it had been something like the last click of the camera was like at the like two second mark and we get an image of Jack and then the call cuts just there, mm. like maybe that would have been like a slightly more nuanced version. But again, this is at this point nitpicking, right? It's like, uh, I, I, I see a cliche and I'm attacking it, but the ending's still good. And the rest of the movie's still good, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, also shout out to the, for all the horror fans out there, shout out to the Alice, Sweet Alice um, tri- tribute. I don't know if that's homage. Homage. Uh, yeah, in, the, in Emma's scene, because Emma's like obsessed with using Snapchat filters, there is a filter that shows up on the ghost, and it's the same mask that is used in the 1976 film alice sweet alice um and i guess the director is like a huge fan of that movie it's one of his favorite slashers so i just thought that that was um yeah i just thought that that was neat okay so all right based on the three uh, internet found footage movies that we watched which of them was your favorite this one this one yeah this one for sure okay i just really enjoyed this movie like all the way through and I I just think it was really clever. I thought that the acting out of all of them was the characters and the way that they were portrayed was my favorite way of portraying the specific friend, friend group. I liked that the, I just liked how simple it was. I liked that we really didn't need all of this backstory or anything really besides the fact that, Hey, they're doing a seance and things go bad. Like, I don't know. I just loved the simplicity Mm -hmm. of it because I felt like through that, they were really able to focus on the scares of each individual character. And Mm -hmm. I also really liked that it jumped around a lot more than the other movies. And this one felt more like, an ensemble piece to me whereas all the other movies we very specifically were from one character's point of view and so we were really in their head for the whole time so if you didn't like that character you kind of didn't have a choice like you were with them or or or, you know you weren't in the movie um but this movie it was like we were really with everybody and so you could kind of latch on to specific people if you liked them more. And I think that even though I wasn't, and I do agree with you, I think it is the shorter runtime that kind of, and not really getting to learn too, too much backstory about people that makes it where you're not super connected. I wasn't really like, you know, obviously I was stressed, but I wasn't super worried about each character, but... I still I still cared to know what happened to them and it right. was still tense and stressful to watch what happened to them and yeah I don't know I just like as soon as the movie ended I was like that was good like that was really good. <laughs> that was good <laughs> What about you? Uh I yeah, I agree. I agree. I th- <laughs> oh my gosh, the <laughs> <laughs> the suspense. I, I know, like, I know. Please. <laughs> I, I was, I was, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it. I wanted to make sure that that was where I stood. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I definitely think this one is uh is the superior of the uh, found footage films, and I think it a lot of it comes from the timing of it too. I think 
it it timed out well with real world events mm-hmm. and then it also had the benefit of coming out after the first two movies that we've reviewed so it got to see what those movies did um take bits and pieces from both of those and use them in its own way for its specific movie and i think that worked really well for it um i think the simplicity of host is really what pushes it over the edge and makes it such a good movie it's a simple concept with a absolutely dynamic execution like they do such a good job of putting you in the in the seat of another of an onlooker to the zoom call and just watching these people get terrorized in their homes and like the scares are so good and it it's so well crafted Mm -hmm. that it feels like a very visceral found footage experience and not to say that the that unfriended unfriended 2 didn't have moments where they captured that same you know authenticity However, there's some there's something about host and its simplicity that gives it this charm that I think makes it more relatable to a lot of audiences because like it it, it feels like it, it it's a scaled down version of what the unfriended were trying to do. Unfriended one to unfriended two, it feels like they were trying to get even more grandiose. Mm-hmm. While host is just host is just trying to be host. Host has got a very specific story it's trying to tell. I think it does it very well. And as far as all three of them, this one spooked me the most, I would say. For sure. Yeah, I definitely think that this one was the scariest of all of them. And mm-hmm. and I do think that that's also just because we never cut away. In the Unfriended movies, we cut away from the screen sometimes to watch the message or it kind of cuts the tension. But in this mm-hmm. movie, there there isn't any of that. It's consistently their Zoom call. Um, so I think that that helps to up the scare factor because there's these long shots of them just walking and looking around with their camera and there's no obviously soundtrack or anything. So you're just sat in silence waiting for <laughs> waiting for something horrible to happen, which definitely ups the scare factor. Um, so what do, what would you rate this one then out of? Five. Let's say out of five. I was gonna say candles. I was gonna suggest candles. It. We could do out of five mm-hmm. candles. Do you want to? Yeah. What do we? Um, I would rate this movie. I think four four point four out of five candles. Okay. I th- I think is where I'll put host. Um, for all the reasons um that I've given throughout the course of this episode, it's just it's a really good movie. It's a really good found footage, and it's a really good take on an idea that we've already seen several times, but manages to do something new, mm-hmm. add real life um, current events that are very topical into the film, and still be a tried and true scary experience. It d- definitely deserves a high grade. And it was a very enjoyable movie. Like, I liked it a lot. I had a lot of fun watching it, and it was really scary. Mm -hmm. So 4.4 out of 5 candles. Nice. Okay. I'm going to give this a 4.7 out of 5 candles. Ooh. You like this movie. You like like this movie. I really like her. I hope she called me back. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I just left this movie and I just was so happy. I felt like it gave me everything I needed it to give me. Uh, It was great on all accounts. I thought that 
like obviously it's not going to be the most original we've watched two movies that you know were very similar to this movie beforehand but something about the way that they were able to take it and make it feel fresh to me um i have to give them them you know credit for that and the some of the sequences in this movie i just thought were so brilliant and so fun to watch and i was always kind of just sat waiting to waiting and trying to figure out okay well how is this next one gonna happen when is this next one gonna happen and I'm not gonna lie they got me a couple times with some of their jump scares like and so yeah I would watch this again and it doesn't hurt that it's so short and so it's like an easy breezy fun one to watch if you just want to throw something you know a little paranormal movie on I would mm-hmm. 100% watch this again so yeah 4.7 out of five plus i can't find any cons really and i feel like for that alone like it's it's pretty that for me means that it's pretty damn close to perfect in my opinion so yeah Mm 4.7 candles yeah (laughs) okay okay see it does it's not always a bad thing to have a short movie y'all no like if it's short and sweet it's a good movie like keep it short and oh, sweet yeah. don't 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 add too much don't add stuff don't overdo just it just to add time yeah because if it's if it's a good movie it'll be a good movie regardless of the time like mm-hmm. if a movie is three hours and it's still a good movie it'll be a good movie and if it's 56 minutes and a good movie it's still a good movie now if a movie is three hours and only Better be a damn good movie. only 30 minutes of it is good you might want to take it back to the cutting room but <laughs> that's a conversation for another time <laughs> all right homies well that is is the end of our cyber stravaganza we mm-hmm. have rounded out um all of our cyber horror movies for this month and i would love, love, love to hear how you guys would rank these movies. So I guess for me, my final ranking is Host is my favorite and then Unfriended Dark Web and then Unfriended would come in third for me. Yeah, I, I think, think I think the same. Okay. I think the same. I thought so. I was yeah. like, I think it's the same for you as well. So yeah, let us know um, if you've seen this movie, what you think of this movie. And also, if you haven't seen this movie, homies, highly recommend it. Like we said, you can get it on Amazon Prime, but honestly, you should just get it on Shudder because you'll get that movie and a bunch of other horror movies that you can also watch. (laughs) So check it out. Check it out if you haven't. Let us know what you think. Oh, we should let the homies know that this upcoming Monday, though, we will not be having a new episode Mm. or at least like next week. Uh, we're taking a week off, so just be wary of that. Mm-hmm. Yes, very true. No new episode next Monday. Um, but catch up on all of our latest ones if you have missed any. And as always, we are homies of horror on all social media that is instagram twitter and facebook um and always feel free to dm us if you have any uh, thoughts about anything horror you want to have a chit chat you have any recommendations and you can send us a dm or you can email us at homies of horror at gmail.com and homies 
as always, we would very, very, very much appreciate it if you guys would skedaddle on over to uh, Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or a review on there. We always love to hear what you guys think and are always looking to hear about feedback and what you've been loving. Uh, so please rate or review us on there. Go ahead and pop, lock, and drop a rating over there or whatever Perfect. Huey said. Um, <laughs> but other than that, we are all done for this week. We hope that you guys have a great rest of your week. And we will be seeing you in our next episode, homies. Catch you later, homies. Bye.